1: Rick doesn't love Richard Fleer. I don't know that he's ever taken the time to get to know him or to find out who in the world he is. He only knows who
0: he is through the image and gimmick of Rick Flair. Because when everything's said and done, you know the Nature
1: Boy Ric Flair is just a myth.
0: We always like it when, uh, when 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 people of note drop in and call in the show. So let's let's go. We have like five minutes left here. Judd Mackie and Judd and uh, longtime <laughs> AWA star, and he also played football for the U of M in the late 1960s. Greg Gagne, how are you?
1: Good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I listened to you talking about the 30-30 last night, and our old buddy Ric Flair and what didn't you guys believe? I heard one of you say nobody could do what he did. Oh, the nobody drinking
0: drink for, he did. did he really drink that much a day?
1: Honest to God, it was the most, he was unbelievable. Uh, you know, my dad sent him, he would always send when he trained us, uh, we'd go to different areas to kind of get our feet on the ground and, 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 learn the business. And Rick was sent to North Carolina.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, some of us caught on quicker than others and Rick caught on quick. And, uh, became a icon there, but uh, he, he they wrestled there 360 days out of the year. Sometimes they wrestled twice on Saturday and Sunday, and he continually, when the match was over, he would start drinking and he wouldn't stop until the party was over. Wow! And I was just with him in St. Louis uh, a couple months ago for one of the WWE pay per views, and I got to the hotel. He got there about five o'clock. We're at the Hyatt in St. Louis. And he pulls up to the bar at the uh, uh, steakhouse, and he says, come on. And he had three vodkas in front of him all night long, pouring them down.
0: He almost died three months ago. That's incredible.
1: Well, you know, he, he wrestled. I mean, as a world champion, he'd wrestled for the NWA an hour, you know, night after night after night. He was in ph- phenomenal c- cardio uh, condition. Yeah. And he would sweat so hard and work out so hard. And he and he was the kind of guy, he, he didn't want to be alone. He had to have people around, you know. In the ring, he didn't want to be liked, but he wanted everybody really to like him. Mm-hmm. And um, he'd fall back on that. He'd come into the bar. I mean, there in St. Louis, he bought everybody at the bar drinks till close at 2 in the morning and bought everybody dinner.
0: Wow, so, Greg, what did your dad see? Because I, I saw early in the, the show last night, there was the whole thing about how he had gone to your dad's camp and he was going to quit, and your dad went and tracked him down and actually belted <laughs> oh, yeah. him. What did yeah. your What did your dad see in that young guy that that led him to say, "You're great at this"?
1: Well, here's what happened: the, the, the first day of the camp, we probably had a hundred people there trying out, and after. Uh, I'd say 20 minutes or it's down to six of us. Ken Patera, the Iron Sheik. Now, Patera came out of the uh, Olympics as a uh, you know, first guy to press 500 pounds over his head. And Rick was always training with him. So Rick, uh, he got big. He was, uh, this is the only time I ever knew him taking drugs, but he was taking Diana Ball. And he was up to 298 pounds. And I knew Rick from high school and then in college. And then it was Jim Brunzel who played football, semi-pro football. Uh, Bob Bruggers came from the Miami Dolphins, and I came out of football, college football. So we were—we thought in pretty good shape. Nothing like we had to do in that wrestling camp. And Rick had that charisma about him even then. And he was a good athlete, and he had always given up on things. You know, he was a non-predictor at the University of Minnesota, so he couldn't go to class. He got recruited by Michigan. He couldn't get in there and a few other schools. And he always gave up on things when things didn't go his way, and the camp was too tough for him. He was going to quit, and uh, my dad came to the camp, and actually Ken Patera, Bob Ruggers, I lived right next door to him. And he said, "Where's Rick?" And I said, "Well, I don't know." He didn't. He said he was he was quitting, and you let him quit? I said, "Well, what can I do, buddy? He wanted to quit." <laughs> well, know, well, what he's supposed to do? Chewing me, he's chewing me out. <laughs> Will you go? I said, "I said I don't know." He said, "Okay, you guys stay here." and train with R- Billy Robinson, I'm going to go get Flair. And uh, Rick told us the story. He came and knocked on the door, and his wife, Leslie, answered the door, and he says, where's Rick? Well, he's taking a nap. <laughs> so Vern went in and grabbed him and got him outside. He said, get out here. He said, what's going on with you? He said, Vern, it I got to quit. He said, you're not going to quit, Rick. You have too much potential, and I'm not going to let you quit. No, I'm quitting. And then he open-handed him, knocked him right on his ass.
0: That's awesome. Hey, Greg, we have like 30 seconds left. Can okay, we? Can sorry. we? Can I throw you on hold and we can just? Can we? Would you want to come on our show tomorrow and tell more stories? Um, uh, yeah, I think I can tomorrow. Well, re- what is tomorrow, we'll, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Yep. We'd love to hear more about just you know the AWA and Ric Flair, and we'll we'll just reach out to you off the air, and maybe we can do this uh, okay. tomorrow this week. Is that cool?
1: Anytime, yeah. All right, Thanks, awesome.
0: That's, uh, we'll throw Greg on hold. That's Greg Gagne, son of Vern Gagne, uh, AWA star. Ric Flair, 30 for 30, was awesome last night. He was on it uh, for people who saw yep. it. So, All right, we're back tomorrow. Mackie and Judd.